I don't want to start any rumors here, but <laughs> there were people with certain last names, which I will not name here, that claimed to be superior to others with other last names. Let's just say oh. that within the FLDS. So that being said, there might have been some ideas, but it wasn't taught over the pulpit. Okay. It wasn't taught that there needed to be a pure bloodline. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for nine years and have two awesome kiddos. Yes, we do. We want to say thank you so much to our donors on DonorBox and members of our channel. We really do appreciate your love and support. Yes, today we are back with Secrets of Polygamy with the fourth episode which really the entire episode kind of hit on mostly just two points. And both of those are a huge deal in the Kingston group. We'll definitely tie in a little bit to the FLDS. Yes. But before we get into that, there's two things that we want to say. One, I am so sorry I got Amanda Ray's dad incorrect. Okay, we, in the last one. <laughs> Her dad is not the prophet. I know she talks about Paul a lot. And so I had just had that in my head. And I apologize, Amanda. Um, that's not Amanda Ray's dad. So, one, want to apologize I, for I that. didn't even think twice about it either when you said that. Like, Well, we've talked to her before. She's talked about Paul so much yeah. that in my head, I just like, I don't know why. Anyway, secondly, the second thing we wanted to address is we have had some people reaching out that were saying that we were coming at the Kingstons um, without the same compassion and understanding that we have for the FLDS or the LDS or any other polygamous group. And so we just wanted to address that quickly and say that we always try to have compassion for the people. And in all of these groups, the Kingston people are not bad people. They are trying to do the best according to what their leaders teach. Their leaders committing fraud, being abusive, and having this hierarchy to be able to commit all these secondary crimes is the problem. And it's the same thing that we address and we are very upfront about within the FLDS. Even though Sam had a great childhood. Yeah, I often speak of my great childhood, which I stand by. I did have a good childhood based on the circumstances that I was living in, you know, considering that it was very unique and different than the normal uh, life and childhood. I still feel like I had a good family and loving parents and, and great siblings to be around. So I was, I guess, lucky in that way because I know not every family experienced that. But I do know that a lot of members of the FLDS church also would say the same thing, that they had a good childhood and that really things started crashing down once Warren took over and became full, all-powerful over the FLDS people. But I have not withheld my concern and disapproval of Warren Jeffs himself and what he is doing. And even some of the things that the members of the church are doing because they are being told by Warren Jeffs or the bishop, whoever that might be at the time, to do these things. So it's the leaders that have the big problems. And those are concerns that I will voice in every group or every organization that is hurting other people. And I would also say that the information we have about the Kingstons comes from Amanda Ray one-on-one -on -one conversations with her, which Eskel. and Eskel, yes, and uh, a couple other people that are from the group, and also information coming from news sources, which I know that people will agree or disagree with different facts and things coming out, but at the same time, I personally, and Melissa here, we didn't ever live in the Kingston group, 
So I can't speak from like a personal experience like I can from the FLDS, but there seems to be a lot of evidence and things that come out against what the leaders are requiring of their followers to do within the Kingston group, also the FLDS and many other groups. Yes, and on our channel, just like we've shared Sam's positive things that have happened in his childhood, we've also had a lot of people who are victim to the awful things that were happening within the FLDS group as well. Mm -hmm. So just because we are addressing and reacting to this video that's talking about the awful things that were happening within the Kingston group doesn't mean that every single person's experiencing that and we understand that. And we hope and pray that that's not the case for everybody, that there are people who are able to live happy, good lives. But when there are leaders that are doing these other things, secondary crimes happen, and that also needs to be addressed and be brought to light so that people can have compassion on the people and accountability for the leaders and what they're doing. Yes, exactly. So. And yes. So <laughs> I guess we'll leave it at that, but I hope that clarifies that we're not trying to we're not trying to pick and choose which groups we're going to be respectful towards. We we want to keep that respect towards all people. people and also be upfront and blunt about some concerns that seem to be very, very prevalent and very much harmful to especially women and children. Yep. So in this episode four, they talk a lot about two different things. One, the pure bloodline that the Kingstons preach and talk about the fact that the bloodline has to stay pure because they believe they're direct descendants from Jesus Christ. So because of that, they were talking about a lot of the incest that's happening where cousins are marrying each other or half brothers and sisters and just really, really close relatives and the problems that it's happening with um, child defects. And it's heartbreaking to hear of the different birth defects that there are or the, yeah, the things that children are being born with because of incest. Yeah, especially when you hear of stories that, and I'm not, I'm not pointing out any specific group here necessarily, but that you hear of people that are born with birth defects or something, missing parts, whatever it may be because of incest and that type of thing primarily. And then you hear of because they're born this way, which of course it wasn't their choice, they are treated awful. And that's the even, even the bigger concern here. And people ask all the time, is that similar in the FLDS? Well, one, probably talk about, does there need to be a pure bloodline in the FLDS? Mm. And how closely, because it is such a small community, how closely um, are people getting married that are relatives? So starting with the pure bloodline, that is not the case in the FLDS. Uh, so yes, there are the people within the FLDS that would try to say that you know, keeping it within a certain family might make them superior to other people. But Did they say that? Well, I don't want to start any rumors here, but <laughs> there were people with certain last names, which I will not name here, that claimed to be superior to others with other last names. Let's just say oh. that within the FLDS. So that being said, there might have been some ideas, but it wasn't taught over the pulpit. Okay. It wasn't taught that there needed to be a pure bloodline. It was more about pure authority given down from all the way back to Jesus Christ down. That was what was taught, not the bloodline. So, because there were even people, in fact, my father's first wife joined the FLDS church as an adult. So she came from the outside world, joined the FLDS, and of course, you know, that wouldn't be direct, pure 
quote unquote pure bloodline there, right? Yeah, and, but and then that, she gets the last name, so the last name carries e on. Exactly. So and so that kind of thing happened within the FLDS, especially back in the day before I was born. There was more of this people coming from the outside world. Believe it or not, the FLDS used to be a lot different than it is today, <laughs> and so there were actually people that looked at the lifestyle, looked at the the way they were living. A lot of LDS, right? It, yes, definitely. My father's first wife was from the LDS church and she converted to FLDS. But back in those days, it, was, it wasn't it was the FLDS that people know on the news. So to, in her mind, it was this almost a, an opportunity to go back to fundamentals, to the way things were before some some changes happened in the mainstream LDS church. And so it was very positive to her. So, and then of course things changed over the years, but all that to be said, bloodline was not taught, but there still was some marriages and this didn't happen in my family. So I didn't see this personally in my own family, but in other families I did see it where cousins would be married. Uh, even first cousins would be married sometimes. But, but was it just like a lack of options, like a lack of people? Because sometimes, you know, people will always ask, okay, what happens when there's, you know, if one man has to have like multiple wives, mm -hmm. then you, do you have to get rid of the men since it's 50-50? Or like, was it just like a lack of options within the same age range so that they're starting to marry cousins or was it on purpose? So that's a great question. I don't think it was on purpose. Okay. I think it was either the prophet just says, hey, you're supposed to marry this person or back in the day before Warren Jeffs, some of the mem members of the FLDS church would actually go to the prophet and say, hey, I would like your permission to marry so-and-so, and that kind of thing, and that would happen sometimes. And so if someone fell in love with someone else and then got married, sometimes not even knowing how closely re related they were. Oh. I don't think they kept very close track of who was who as far as, I mean, I know I didn't. I, I guess <laughs> I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I didn't really know who my close cousins were. Uh, I know I knew some of them, but I can tell you today there are a lot of cousins out there that I have never met. I don't know their name. There's there's just a lot of family ties within the FLDS. So I think that people doing it unknowingly probably happen more frequent than not. Okay, and then in the Kingston, they talked about the fact that that was causing birth defects and mm -hmm. um, missing limbs or different things like that. Did you see that within the FLDS? So there, mm, there that did happen. Yes. To my knowledge, I don't know that it was a whole lot more than the normal. Okay, I, so not necessarily because of incest. Um, I don't know for sure, honestly. I, I do know that there were quite a few of them. So maybe it was a higher percentage. And we would talk to some people in other families. I believe Joanna mentioned mm -hmm. when we had her on that she was familiar with a lot more of that type of thing. So maybe within certain families it did happen more frequently than not. But like I said, within my family, I don't think there was any, any of the mothers were related to my father at all. And so that just wasn't something that I was super knowledgeable about. Yeah. The other big thing that they talked about besides the pure bloodline was a lot about them being raided and that the Kingston group might have insider knowledge. Obviously, mm -hmm. we know that they were tipped off. And in this episode, there was a guy who even said that he knew somebody from the IRS called the Kingstons and said, you're about to be raided, get ready. And so they went and got rid of all their inventory, anything that could 
implicate them in these crimes and in this fraud. And so they definitely had people like within the organization. And Matt is really going around and kind of pushing hard to try to figure out why some of these raids didn't happen for incest. Because he was saying that there were all these warrants that had been given and that Jim Hill had them ready. He was ready to shut it down. He's like, if we can prove incest for most of their leaders, we'll just get rid of the top layer there. And that should help get rid of the incest within the group. And he had all the warrants ready. And then he gets a phone call last minute. And they're like, you can't go. And Matt was really pushing to try to find out what was going on. Like, why did they stop this? And he was talking about Sean Reyes, how the Kingston had done campaign donations. But that's recent. He's the current attorney general. Right, of Utah. Yeah. Of Utah. And he's like, so that seems sketchy to me, like why they're not going after the Kingston group harder because everybody within law enforcement knows that there's things going on like fraud wise and all these problematic secondary crimes from the Kingston group. And then he goes and talks to Mark Shirtliff, mm -hmm. who was the AG attorney general during mm -hmm. the time that they had the warrants. Uh, yes. And then they just didn't happen. So he was wanting, wanting to know what happened during that time. Why didn't you allow someone to go in and use these warrants to, to arrest these people? And so that was an interesting, which got a little heated. Yeah, that conversation got heated for sure because Mark's like, I didn't do anything wrong. And Matt's like, then why is this still happening? Like, why is this still allowed to happen? Um, and at the end of the day, Mark was saying, you know, the only way for us to do it with the type of manpower we had, now whether or not that's true, only Mark will know, right? But is that we would have to go into their church on Sunday and start doing DNA swabs to be able to prove the incest. And he's like, we weren't gonna march into their church, which, you know, even Matt said that he agrees with that. You know, you can't, if you start going into people's churches and places of worship on Sunday, that's a big issue, especially in America, in Utah, like not okay for people to go and start having law enforcement going into their church like they did in the FLDS. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, within the FLDS, Warren yeah, Jeffs FBI. was on the top 10 most wanted. So they were really doing whatever it took to get him. And they also, when they came to the meeting house, when we were in church, they also weren't coming to the meeting house to take fathers away from their children sitting in the audience. Like, or taking kids away, yeah. Or kids away, like they were talking about doing at the Kingstons. They were there for Warren Jeffs. When Warren Jeffs wasn't there and the leaders had all dispersed, the rest of us got up and walked home. So I think that Mark Shirtliff was just wanting to not allow a big ripping families apart kind of scene during their church meeting. Yeah, which I can agree with. I think that would be yeah. awful and would make it so that people, I mean, you shouldn't have to fear going to church. It's a tough call, but Matt had a good point because he said, well, there's other ways to get them. You don't have to go to their church. And then, of course, Mark's response to that was, we don't have enough resources to be trying to track down people in their cars on their way to work and that kind of thing, which, once again, I mean, that's po it's very possible. There's just not enough resources, not enough manpower to do that kind of thing. But I guess it depends on where the priority is in that, because it seems like when something really has to be done, magically there's enough people to get it done, right? <laughs> so I guess it just depends, you know, it's a hard, it's hard from the outside, uh, uh, from, for us from the outside looking in or looking back on it to try to understand what exactly was going on. Yeah, and I mean at that point, like, so Ron Barton, 
he was what they called the polygamy czar, mm. you know, for four years. And he was really trying to um, crack down on these secondary crimes and the fraud and, right. and let people know that there was help if they were being abused. And Matt went and talked to him as well, just about his experience doing that. And, you know, he said that he felt bad that he did it for those four years. And then he had to step down and step aside and no one really else has stepped into that position of trying to go hard after polygamous groups and it's hard i mean this if having a polygamy czar will teach you anything it's that there are so many polygamists within utah you know 30 to 40,000 polygamists and fundamentalists and it's a, such a tough line to toe between their freedom of religion you know and now practicing polygamy is no longer a felony so you're not going after people for polygamy itself, because again, that should just be freedom of religion. But then all these secondary crimes, it's so hard when there is brainwashing or when there is this intense, high demand religious groups, it's hard to find that line of where the mental abuse is starting or where normal religious indoctrination, you know what I right. mean? Yeah, it's it's so tough to know how to handle a situation like this because, first of all, you have to have proof that anything is happening, mm -hmm. which when you have de devout, very strong, believing, following members of that church, the, most, of them, most of them aren't going to come forward. Mm -hmm. And you might have a few that come out. And then, of course, I can tell you from personal experience growing up in the FLDS church, when someone would leave, like some of the first women that left the FLDS church and started speaking out. At that time, I was still a member of the FLDS church. Well, guess who was the biggest liar on this planet? Mm -hmm. Those women that were speaking out. And so, of course, if anyone came to the FLDS church and tried to ask us, we would say, oh, those, those women are just liars. They're working for Satan, trying to take down God's church. And so it's so hard to get strong believing members to admit to anything that's that's going on. Not to mention that most of the members in these religions have no idea of what is going on behind closed doors in so many of these homes owned by leadership. And so we might just assume that this person is lying because we hadn't ever experienced something like that ourselves. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the idea that like everybody, just like any other group, there's going to be people who are just doing their best, living happy lives, where things are just fine. And like you said, they might not even be privy to the information of what's really happening behind closed doors or the leaders or yeah. the leaders' purposes in fraud or anything like that. So it can be really tough. And then in this case, in the last two episodes, most a lot of the um, witnesses and people who could speak up aren't even willing to show their faces because they're afraid of physical harm that will come to them if they talk about these things. So it's can be scary in a lot of different ways for people to come out of any of these groups and to talk openly about it and to be willing to kind of confront their leaders and deal with the, ram the ramifications of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's something that we've experienced firsthand. Some people from these groups have reached out to us with questions and, and support, looking for support but they wouldn't even tell us their names. Yeah. They they were they're so afraid of what the leadership could do to them, which is just so terrifying to me to think that things like 
what was going on with the LeBaron group, with the in, in Mex the Mexican LeBaron group, that, where they were killing people that didn't follow suit and stay in line, that kind of thing people are still worried about today. Oh man, it just makes me sick. And unfortunately, the lengths that people will go to keep people silent is very scary. Yes. If anybody out there is listening and they are in one of these groups and are looking for a way out or help or support, please reach out to us. We have our information below. We also have Holding Out Helps Hotline. They can help with resources in leaving polygamous situations if you are a victim of any of those secondary crimes. And if you want to hear more of what it was like for Sam to grow up in polygamy, then please like and subscribe. Yes. Thank you all so much once again for being here with us again. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Talk to you soon.